Okay, what's up guys? My name is Adnan Shafi and this is Pariah Nation, specifically the new segment Timbuk Tuesday. So what exactly is Timbuk Tuesday? As you would have probably guessed, and I've explained this on TikTok as well, there's a mixture between Timbuk 2, the city, and Tuesday. So why this combination? I am a huge Mali Empire fan and we're going to just quickly take you back in time to the city of Timbuktu in the 14th century. What you have is a center of scholarship. You have a city full of young pioneers and old, both working together to essentially actualize the future of the Malian Empire. Although, although the Malian Empire did have its own issues, I really take a lot from the idea that Timbuktu was one of those main cities that the world recognized and saw as an important hub for knowledge and basically Afrofuturism. I'll, I'll, I'll use that word for now because they definitely wanted to think beyond just books. They wanted to think beyond just, you know, the farms or just gold in general. It was a, a bit of a unity between all of those different things. And we know that the Malian Empire was combination of all of those different things together so that's why i decided to call it timbuk tuesday because i think a lot of us can genuinely learn from all of these people that lived there and we have all these amazing scholars and we have people who are really just trying to figure out a way to just push the empire forward and essentially they put the malian empire on the map and that comes in the form of you know being an economic center and a center of knowledge. So I think that when I think of Africa right now, I really don't see us meeting those standards of our previous ancestors from Timbuktu. I definitely see us behind. And the point of this series is to unpack African issues, see how they affect us, and essentially move forward and use a pioneer framework to look at where we're going and how we can be able to get there. So without further ado, Today we're talking about education, uh, mainly political consciousness and how the educational system, I believe in Africa, is definitely lacking this element of it. So before we start, let's go to the roots of education, or at least what I'll call formal education. You find in places like ancient Greece and ancient Egypt, there are few people who are mainly advisors to the ruling class or advisors, etc., assistants. And they are the main sort of scholars, the people who are interested in things like logic, astronomy, and what would have been considered to us as science. And just observing the world around you and making inferences from that. Then you go to the Islamic age, start to become more centered around scriptural studies of the Quran and the Ahadith. And you'll see universities like Al-Azhar and Al-Qawarin, this will be their main focus. The same thing for the Sankori universities the mosques in Chinguetti and Kanembornu. It was mainly Islamic scholarship, but they would also branch off into mathematics. They would go into astronomy and a whole range of different subjects. And now you go into Europe as the Industrial Revolution is actually coming to, to be, you'll find that a lot of children are now being put into school as a mandatory thing. And now they get the chance to learn all these different skills in preparation to become a new generation of what would have been workers. So what we do know from all of this is that education is important and it's almost a, it's a part of life. 
every single society has to educate its younger generation about useful skills that they can use to be active participants in their society and ideally actually improve that society. So I would say, in my opinion, that it's now become manifestly clear that education is Africa's most important long-term priority because Africa has the lowest median age as a continent in the world. And there are some unfortunate statistics that I will mention here about sub-Saharan Africa. Around one-fifth of our children between the ages of about 6 and 11, they're out of school. And around 60% of the youth between the ages of 15 and 17 are not in school. So already this is a huge issue. And I'd argue it's a generational problem. Because if we're basing this idea of education on the transferability of certain skills that allow people to have opportunities in their country, we've already deprived a group of people from these opportunities. So a lack of access to education, that's a different podcast topic we can discuss. But this will play in much later in the podcast when we start to talk about political consciousness. So before we actually start talking about political consciousness, we need to really look deep into the nature of our education as Africans. And Julius Nyerere mentions this in his Essays on Socialism when he talks about education for self-reliance. And the first line states, only when we are clear about the kind of society we are trying to build can we design our educational service. So what he's basically talking about is the fact that our educational system has to be linked with the goals that we have for society. And I'm in total agreement of that because as a society, you have to decide what goals you want to work towards and the educational system provides you with the skills to be able to work towards those goals. So what are our true goals of our educational systems? So I decided to pick a few regions, I think three regions, yes, three regions, on the African continent, and I picked three specific countries, and I decided to look into their ministries of education and see what their visions were for the educational systems in their respective countries. In Kenya, we have a globally competitive education, training, research, and innovation system for sustainable development. In Nigeria, we have talk of development of all Nigerian citizens to their full potentials, in the promotion of a strong, democratic, egalitarian, prosperous, indivisible, and indissoluble sovereign nation under God. In South Africa, a vision of a South Africa in which all of our people will have access to lifelong learning, education, and training opportunities, which will in turn contribute towards improving the quality of life and building a peaceful, prosperous, and democratic South Africa. So all of these generally good, I'd say I really like South Africa's the most, but I think when it mentions something like quality of life that links in with Kenya's idea of sustainable development. So I think these are really powerful ideas that are coming out. And now we just need to look at the nature of the educational system and see, this is the vision. Is the current educational system catering towards those visions? I would disagree and say no. Some people might be wondering why I disagree, but I'd like you to just take a quick look at the words sustainable development, egalitarian, democratic, and quality of life, something that quality of life features in many constitutions in very different ways. So if you're trying to enshrine quality of life, doesn't it also make sense to educate your people about how, for example, this features in your constitution? How or what skills are necessary for us to be able to improve the quality of life? And I don't see that reflected, for example, where in South Africa you might not really have law as a subject to understand what this quality of life means or how it's actually implemented. 
And then you look at words like democratic, egalitarian, sustainable development. These are all terms that are within political subjects, you know, something that's heavily debated. You know, what does it really mean? There's different kinds of democracy. Democracy leads to elections, you know. So how how do elections work? These are, these are the kinds of things I expected to see in the educational system. But you end up finding that classes like government are optional. The same thing for law. So the real question is, why would you preach about these things in your mission statements and vision statements, but there's no real effort to actually embed them into the classroom? So some people might be asking me, why do you think that law and politics and essentially basic economics, why should we have courses on that? Why should we have classes on that in, in school? The main ingredient is political consciousness. First of all, we know that the ministries of education have talked about this quality of life, democracy, egalitarian processes, sustainable development. But if people lack political consciousness, first of all, how are they even meant to hold these institutions accountable, the ones that are preaching these things, if they don't really know the true intimate meanings of things like egalitarian, democratic, quality of life, and how it features in the constitutions of different countries? These are all things we need to ask ourselves. Because political consciousness is one of those things that is actually the key drivers of being able to dictate as people what we want policies to look like. But if you're not teaching these things in class, like you know, basic legal classes on, let's say, rights or the legality surrounding elections, and the same thing for politics when it comes to elections, gerrymandering, etc., all these different terms, these jargon, etc. If you guys don't know about this, you're being excluded from these major discussions that will not only be impacting your life, but the lives of people around you, maybe even in neighboring countries, and possibly even your children and grandchildren, if they're long-term policies. Because what is actually done by keeping people politically ignorant or legally ignorant or economically ignorant is that you essentially reduce a two-party conversation between people in government and the people into a one-party conversation that is controlled possibly and most likely by corrupt politicians where they talk policy at you and they don't talk policy with you. This obviously leaves people prey to political exploitation. You need to ask yourself, do you really understand these laws? Do you understand a referendum when it comes out? Do you understand your rights when you're going to vote? Do you understand your rights when you're being arrested? Do you understand constitutional law, the basics? Do you know what's in the constitution? Do you know how to pay taxes? All these different things affect you on a daily basis. Yet, so many schools don't even teach them. And if you're ignorant in these areas, you might actually be prey. And I find it very interesting that, obviously, it does make sense in some senses, that Ignorance is not really a defense in a court of law. But how do you expect people, I mean, how do you expect to have such a standard when you're not even educating people about the law in school? That's something that's always been a paradox for me. We need to look into this so much deeper because, yes, math is important. Yes, English is important. Or, you know, let's say French in some certain Francophone countries. You know, basically the main languages, the national languages are important. It's good to have those. And we talk about how math is always important. You use it every day in your life. You know, the classic African parent line, you know, math is important, etc. But 
let's be honest. I mean, like, if you're not doing a math course or an engineering course, when have you used actual complex math, like Pythagoras, all this different stuff, you know, differentiation, integration? When are you going to use that if you're not a proper either math student, engineer, architect, etc.? Like, when are you going to be using math? But at the end of the day, the case I'm trying to make is that law applies to you regardless of who you are and where you come from. Whether in one country or another, the law will always, you'll always be subject to the law. And these are things we need to look at. The necessity of being able to understand these rules that affect us on a daily basis, especially politics. Because if you have people that are still voting along tribal lines because they don't understand the policies that someone's bringing through, then people are being politically exploited. So my question is then, how are we then meant to be active citizens that contribute to our development and our societies if we're being excluded from these avenues or the main means to the ends of things like prosperity and development and justice? That's my main question to these ministries and to us as Africans that we really need to think about. Because what the educational system has done by depriving the people of political consciousness is that they essentially become blind investors in a utopian African future that only exists on the tips of the tongues of corrupt African leaders. Thank you very much to everyone who listened. These podcasts are meant to be significantly shorter. They're meant to just be a small insight into certain topics that you guys might find interesting. But I hope you guys enjoyed Timbuk Tuesday. If you guys have any topic suggestions, feel free to message me on Instagram or just let me know your thoughts in general. Feel free to share the episode as well. The link is in my bio, on my link tree, usually on TikTok as well. Same thing for Instagram. Thank you guys for listening and have a wonderful day.